Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Pro Wrestling World, it's me, Nick Hausman from House of Wrestling, back in the saddle here with Rumor and Innuendo, and I am joined by my very good friend, my co-host, my compadre. Oh, am I supposed to say my name now? We haven't worked this out. You know what it is? Because you're afraid to pronounce my name, and I could tell. I'm Robert Carples. Robert Carples. Robert Carples. I know your damn name. Robert Carples. I practiced it a hundred times. After yesterday, now that we're here for episode two, we are now the longest running live video podcast in ad-free shows history with two episodes we're we're cooking with gas here man how excited are you we are i'm very excited uh we have a lot of news to get into here today everybody obviously last night was wwe raw CM punk cut his return promo we got a couple changes to the show a couple big announcements uh qt marshall he resigned from AEW yesterday we'll get into that later we'll get into how mjf is doing and of course tammy sitch was uh, sentenced yesterday in her fatal DUI from 2022. We're going to get into all that and more here today. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, wherever you're watching us right now, on YouTube, on Twitter, jump into the comments section. Let us know in the comments area what you think of these stories, what you think of our opinions of these stories here as we're going along. You can be a part of the show. All right, Robert, let's start with Raw here, man. The big news last night. Epic news. We got a new show intro, new show song. The tone for the show was set differently. Thoughts on the new opening of Raw? As a as a former WWE employee, the first thing I thought was my heart went out to that entire department who put together this intro that is now already outdated. Randy Orton's back, CM Punk's back, and all this time they spent editing this video out the door. We got to recut it. We got to recut the signature. Punk not part of the signature yet. So... The, the production folks, probably starting today at 120 Hamilton, have a lot on their plates to get this thing up and running. I kind of threw this out as a joke story to start the show, 
But I was expecting Punk in the opener. I was like, oh, they changed it. Oh, how cool. They're going to work him in right at the end. No Punk. No Punk in any of it so far. Nope. Flair's still there, but Punk's not. Well, I'm sure he loves that. Um, No, of course, Punk was back last night. Cut his first promo since returning to WWE. Um, Robert, just what what did you think of this this promo that Punk cut? Did it it whelm you, overwhelm you? How do you feel? People were expecting a home run, and I think this was a solid base hit, and this was everything it needed to be. CM Punk needed to appear on television, doff his cap, be like, hey, I'm here, everyone's excited. We talked about it yesterday. This was not the time to jumpstart a feud with him. He needed to go out there. He needed to acknowledge kissing up, hey, I'm home, which felt a little odd but he's showing that he's he's playing ball he's he's there with the group he had the cute little joke about hockey to be like i'm still a real guy underneath it all acknowledged aj for a nice little pop weaved in the i'm reminding you i'm the best in the world reminding you that he has a relationship with paul Heyman, and then that little moment at the end when he looked at the camera off microphone and basically said i'm not here to make friends i'm here to make money he checked off every box you needed to check for this opening promo. You still have a pipe bomb down the road. You still have the passionate, angry, whatever we're going to get when we move into a feud. He's just a guy on the show. And I think the specter of him hanging over every other segment was almost as important as this main event promo. Yeah, I'm with you. I I thought it checked a lot of boxes, but I think that there was a longing from the fan base for, I I guess, something more, right? I mean, I've read from a lot of people that they were underwhelmed by this promo and felt it was maybe too by the book. It was by the book, but what was he going to say? He's not going to go out there and talk about AEW. He's not going to go out there and mention his, his foray into UFC. He lightly touched on stuff by saying, I needed to go away. And now I'm back and I'm better than ever, uh, like like our good friend Eric Bischoff. Um, but yes, he wasn't going to give the farm away. It was really just, oh, my God, is Punk really going to show up on Raw? And is he going to behave? And because no one was going to come out there and interact with him, you needed to hold back. And they really only gave him six minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of time. And I, a PW Insider, I know, reported that his time got cut short because one of the other matches on the show, I think it was Orton and Dom, went too long. Um, but yeah, only six minutes. It was very, very to the point. And one thing that caught a lot of people's attention was right after that line, you say, where he looks at the camera, not here to make friends. I'm not here to make money. He like pumps his fists and does like a little half shuffle. And everyone, uh, I saw last night interpreted that as punk kind of taking a shot at the bucks who did their infamous little victory lap at the collision, uh, taping the day that Punk was was terminated, was fired. And I was asking people about it this morning. Not Actually, I wasn't asking them about that. I was asking about other stuff involving Punk, and I kind of made a joke to somebody. I'm like, well, at least he got that victory lap out of his system. And uh, the reaction I was met with was initially, was like, what are you even talking about? What? I was like, the, the, the victory lap. They were like, whoa, what? And then not long after, I was getting a pretty sharp rebuke that what Punk was doing there at the end of the show was just Punk being Punk. It, it, it did not have anything to do with the Bucks. It, is, again, was very much reiterated to me what, what you're just saying right now, which is Punk is not going to comment on AEW. Not that from what I, I mean, look, I don't know why, but I just know that he does not 
want to be talking about AEW moving past all this drama, doesn't want to get into it, no reason to, and that's his perspective. And so I don't anticipate any comments about the Bucks or Tony, the Elite, any of that. I don't see any of that coming down the road. Because there's no reason to. There's no money in it. WWE is not going to acknowledge the competition. Cody came back, and the way that Cody very delicately talked about it was, I was away, I needed to improve my game, and here I am. And that is the same playbook they're running with CM Punk. If you even acknowledge AEW, Tony Khan and the Bucks are going to feel like this is a win. Mm -hmm. They are showing, look, we are a big boy company here in WWE. We are not going to concern ourselves with the competition. It doesn't matter why Punk is here. All that matters is Punk is here. Let's back up the Brinks truck and let's everybody start making some money. Yeah, it is a very different culture here, uh, right? Like, especially at the moment, it's a bunch of adults who want to just make money, go home and be with their families. And I phrase it like that because somebody, I don't know who it was on Twitter, but somebody put up a side-by-side of like how old the roster was in 2000 versus how old the roster is now. And like the oldest person on the roster in 2000 was like Billy Gunn at 37. Now of the top 20 guys, like, most of them start at 37 and go up into their 40s now, right? We're not talking about young, hot-headed men. or, or We're talking about grown-ass men who are just showing up now with different kinds of responsibilities and insights. And I think that, I think Punk, you know, for everybody who's like, we'll see how it goes. I got to see. Look, dude, Punk showed up a grown-ass man the last time, just wanted to do business, and everything went wonky around him. I'm not anticipating that same scenario playing out here this time. No, I don't think anybody's going to get in the way of this situation. And WWE has built a machine to wean out bad behavior. And when they bring a young guy up, you bring up a Grayson Waller, you bring up an Austin Theory, they've been pretty well disciplined. And it's like, look, you're going to come here into the big leagues and you're expected to behave. And if not, we don't need you. And the weird takeaway that I had from that punk promo at the end of the show was they had a lot of creative laid out. And right now, they don't necessarily need CM Punk to tell compelling stories. There are about three or four really strong storylines going forward, coming off of war games, and none of them need to involve Punk. Seth Rollins sort of acknowledging Punk and saying, I'm not going to worry about a hypocrite. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me. And then Punk not talking about anybody and just making very broad, generic statements means you have a lot of runway to set something up when Punk's actually ready to go. Yeah, because it does, you know, look, he's not in the intro. He's not in the signature. This whole thing came together really quickly. So little time to kind of figure out where Punk's going to fall in the lay of the land because you got plans for so many other people. I, I love that Seth Rollins has just immediately gone into worker mode. He's like, nobody seems to know what's going on, so I'm going to pick a direction and you're going to follow me. That's brilliant. I think Seth is playing this whole thing very, very uh, astutely at the moment. Seth played it well and Drew played it well. Drew He's touching sure. on his story in the ring and this character that he has now is this hybrid of real life and kayfabe, which is a lot of fun to watch as someone who actually pays attention to continuity with him yeah. basically saying, everyone wants to talk about what happened at the end of Survivor Series. Let's talk about the most important part of it, which was that main event match. And it fits this bitter Bret Hart style character that he's playing and you, you touch on it and you move on where other people and other companies like AEW have lingered so heavily on backstage stuff. It's very hard to really monetize that unless you have a clear path forward. So acknowledging it very quickly and then moving back to what's on script 
was the perfect way to do that. Uh, I'll go to Mike Milaro here. He's watching us over on YouTube. Hi, Mike. He says, everything Punk does is reported as a shot at the Bucks and vice versa. It's exhausting. What's the over-under for you on how long the the, anim- the the perceived animus between these two sides flames out? One month, three months, a year? What do you think? I don't think the animus actually exists more than it's what we all want it to be. And, and by perceived, we all, I mean... I, wanna, I said perceived animus. Perceived yeah. animus. How long does the perceived animus linger? Yeah. So it's a broader issue. I think part of it is there's a fan base that's younger that did not grow up during the Attitude Era. And we obviously didn't have social media during the Attitude Era. And they want so desperately for there to be this this fight back and forth between these two companies that I don't think that now that Punk's out, he's going to give the Bucks a second thought. I think the Bucks want him to. And they're going to put things in their bio and and try to read you know read between the lines here. I think this dude just wants to cash his paychecks, make his money, do what's put in front of him, and restore his legacy. I don't think there's that two way feud in the same way. A couple months ago, Tony Khan was trying to create a two way feud with the WWE, where he was talking about poaching talent while his while he was at his mom's bedside. Nobody from WWE swung at that pitch. So it's you have the you have the person on one side screaming he's trying to pick a fight, and the other side that's like, look, we're adults, we have no interest in any of this nonsense. It doesn't make us any money. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, um, on that note, Punk's not talking about AEW and Tony, and Tony is not talking about Punk. He was asked about Punk joining WWE on BBC Radio, and he said that legally he cannot comment on it. Now you're a lawyer, Robert. I hate to give away personal details about your life on the air. But you're a lawyer. When you hear him say that, what what, what comes to mind? Uh, he's embarrassed and doesn't want to talk about it. And he's going to hide behind saying, legally, I can't say anything. Got I it. think we don't know what we don't know. What we're vaguely aware of is whatever transpired from the first fight that Nick Hausman caused at the uh, at the press conference uh, with, with Punk and the Bucks and Kenny. All of that was investigated and, and papered up. So nobody's talked about what happened there. AEW came out and said, we have we have fired CM Punk for cause. That, to me, means there really probably isn't an NDA in place because they went ahead and said he was fired, and it was for cause. It wasn't just mutual parting of the ways. We wish him best of luck. It was, we're going to say, this is what happened. I think Tony Khan is just leaning on that so that he can focus on all in and tell that story rather than constantly having to do interviews for the next 10 months of how in the world did you blow this CM Punk thing? And how is WWE now going to make you look foolish because of it? Yeah, I see Ken here, Hanley. He's saying uh, uh, two questions. Do you think Punk's inaugural return promo is doomed since he can't talk about an AEW due to an NDA? And Headlock Heel saying he's doubting there's an NDA. Yeah, I'm in your guys' camp. I don't think that there's, you know, that's just me interpreting what I've been hearing, but I don't get the vibe there's an NDA. This feels more like feels more like a personal decision on Punk and Tony's part to just not continue on with this drama back and forth. And so that's why I say it's like if these two sides don't want to continue this flame, they don't want to keep the fire going that there's something going on there. I think we're I think we're within three months. It'll just be people watching AEW and people watching Punk. And I don't think people are going to be talking about percept perceived shots between the two sides. It's not going to come quickly, but I'm saying within three months. I don't know. I think people are going to start. Re- they want to read into everything. Like for months, they were reading into anything that happened on Raw 
was, oh, this is a sign that CM Punk's going to show up. There was a, a star in the background of one of the shots, and it looks like the star that's on CM Punk's trunks, so it's a sign. I think yes. one of the takeaways, and this was brilliant on behalf of, of the late, great Bray Wyatt and Rob Fee, planting all those little hidden things for Bray Wyatt's return has sure. now made the audience so clued into everything going on in the background that they want to see a Da Vinci Code-like uh, you know, uh, mm. clue in every single shot. And oh, yeah. I don't think it's there, but if it makes it fun for you to watch wrestling, have at it in the same way, the AEW WWE feud makes it fun for some people to watch wrestling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, a couple other WWE Raw tidbits I'll throw in here before we start talking about QT. Um, Cody Rhodes is officially in the 2024 Men's Battle Royal. That was followed up by him being attacked by Nakamura. So I guess it's Cody that Nakamura has been targeting. We also got Seth Rollins announcing he's going to defend the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Jey Uso next week on Raw. And lastly, the backstage item that got everybody buzzing coming out of Raw last night, Dixie Carter was backstage. She shared photos with Nick Aldis, Drake Maverick, Chelsea Green, Cody Rhodes, and ad-free shows, another man in our umbrella, Bruce Pritchard. There, backstage with Dixie. I, I think, if nothing else, it shows that uh, here's to Dixie for paying for that celebrity backstage pass. I know it's something that WWE occasionally offers, and she clearly got her money's worth. A lot of pictures, a lot of WWE talent. Big day for Dixie Carter. Wow. Must have been nice for her to get to see uh, backstage at the wrestling show. Is um, Cody she seems the... like a very nice lady. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Is Cody the man to win the Rumble or no? Uh, no. I, I don't. I just don't see it. I, well, we'll see how this unfolds. I think Nakamura targeting Cody in the way that he's doing it, making it seem like this is going to be very personal and a very nuanced attack means that he is going to do everything he can to cost Cody the rumble. And they're setting up a little bit of an insurance policy that whether Nakamura takes him out before or during whatever that may be, that Nakamura is going to be the thing to prevent Cody from winning the rumble. And then maybe Cody has to find another path to retell this same story again. Uh, the other big thing on raw, our truth on camera covered in white powder CW has not canceled NXT yet, so who knows what's going to happen as, as far as that's concerned. Hey. Uh, and yeah. the, the I will say that last the Drew headbutt to Seth with a little bit of blood that was there, man, that was a fun little bit of intensity to say, hey, we're acknowledging the Seth Punk stuff, and now we're moving to something that's a lot more interesting, which is Drew as this just ass-kicking heel who feels he's been wronged by everybody all the time. Yeah, I love I love the repackaging of, of Drew. I thought it was wonderful. I loved the headbutt. And yeah, I hadn't really, hadn't really thought about how R-Truth just got NXT quietly moved to the CW app. It didn't register in my head. I'm going to have to, you know what? I'm going to have to do some reporting on this. I'm going to have to do some sleuthing in here. What's going on right now? I can't wait for you to report they've been moved to UPN. 
Yeah, right. Well, hey, I think our truth may have may actually probably fit pretty well in UPN, just to be honest. Um, also, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about coming out of the show was I brought up Seth Rollins defending the title against Jey Uso next week on Raw. Um, do you think Jay has any chance of taking this title off of Seth right now? It does. It started to feel a little odd to me. Um, Seth having the title with other people kind of feeling like, you know, in the wings or whatever. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think Jay has a shot here? No, I think this is a fun storyline tool to get Drew more upset because Drew, again, is his new character is outside of Kevin Owens, the only guy who watches WWE programming. And he's going, hey, I beat Jay Uso. And if we're pretending that wins and losses matter, I should get the shot over him. But I think yeah. Seth getting a win over Sammy, getting a win over Drew, now getting a win over Jay Uso, it makes it kind of interesting that he's getting a little bit of momentum going forward and who that challenger is going to be. It's going to take the title off of him. This this week's show, this week's Raw just felt so safe. I, oh, yeah. I really, I, I just, I do wonder if it, it was so safe because they've got something a big hook or twist coming in the future. I, I, I'm not really sure, but the universal opinion coming out of last night's show seems to be this was a very tame Raw that was not what a lot of people were hoping for, expecting for, knowing that so many new eyeballs or, uh, re, you know, eyeballs from the past were coming back to check out what's going on with, with Punk, what's going on with Orton. I've seen all this social media stuff. I thought the opener was hot. I thought the Drew Seth Rollins stuff was hot. That punk's clothes was, like you said, serviceable, got a lot of the work done. But man, there were large chunks of that show last night that just felt like they were going on forever, you know? Well, they tried to capitalize on this momentum by having a commercial free hour. And it's an unpopular opinion, but you kind of need commercials. You need a little bit of a breather when it's a tag match, tag match, tag match, tag match to get to that finish. You need a little bit of a you need a little bit of a let me up. And I think not having that in the first hour made Raw feel exceptionally long. They did tell a number of stories going forward. You're gonna get the Cody Nakamura feud, you're gonna get the Seth Drew whatever going forward. Orton being back to open the show, I think was a welcome sight for a lot of people I saw on, on my own Twitter were talking about it's the first Raw they probably watched in five, ten years because they heard yeah. Punk was gonna be there. And you're seeing Orton. And it's like, this is cool. This is a guy that I know. This is a guy that I've seen. And he looked incredible. And he was loose and he was having fun. And kind of like Punk, they haven't really zeroed in exactly where he's going other than saying, hey, I'm going after the bloodline. So maybe Randy's moving to SmackDown. And like I was telling you before, you know, my wife, uh, who, who is a big proponent of my work, very supportive, not a huge wrestling fan. But I took her to Survivor Series. She had a great time. Um, and she wanted to watch Raw. And she never wants to watch Raw. And this was the one for her to sit and watch Raw. And, and like, again, there were parts where they grabbed her, but there were other parts where she was just looking at me like, how long is this show? So, again, I, I, I do see the missed opportunity. And while I'm talking about my wife's interest in, in pro wrestling, I would like to point out there's been a little saltiness in the household because at Survivor Series, right after the main event, all the press people that were invited to the press conference, including my wife, who's with me, we got up, we run to the press room, and then CM Punk comes out. We all were in the press room watching CM Punk's return on a tiny little monitor, okay? And my wife was like, 
that's the whole thing we came here for. And I'm like, no, Liz, I came here to work. I don't care. <laughs> but like, it has been brought up often that we were removed from that. She was like, don't you, don't you like hate that you weren't in the room for that? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been to a lot of big punk stuff. I'm happier. I was in the press conference room to be honest. But anyway, a little insight. The most amazing thing about that. And then we can move on was <laughs> WWE has done something that I did not think was humanly possible, which is, they're making Michael Cole so likable by releasing the video footage of Cole's yeah. camera of the punk reaction. Dude. This is Michael, who I love, can be occasionally, once in a blue moon, be slightly surly. And seeing this just unabashed enthusiasm and joy at punk returning and feeling the motion of the crowd, you're humanizing this guy at the right time. It was fantastic. And and I will say, for anyone who was still wondering, was the Seth stuff a work or was it a shoot? If you think that Michael Cole can hold back Seth Rollins, bless your heart. Um, yes, I expect Michael Cole to get a very long, prolonged applause uh, when it comes time for the Hall of Fame. All right. There's some wonderful questions coming in right now. We'll, we're going to put a pin in them here for just a second. In a couple minutes, we'll come back to questions because I do want to make sure we get time to talk about QT uh, before we wrap it up. And hey, I, you know what? If you really want to hear my thoughts on Billy and the CW, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. I don't know that we're going to get time for it today. Didn't have time for it yesterday. But to come back tomorrow. I'll be sure to get in my thoughts on Billy and the CW tomorrow. But yes, the QT Marshall story, a little bit more pertinent today. So QT last night. He posts on social media, thank you, AEW, thank you, Tony Khan. I've had the privilege of being here since day one, and I've written over 750 formats for All Elite Wrestling and always with pride. As much as I've enjoyed being a VP, manager of talent relations, and wearing a myriad of hats, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction, and I feel that it's best I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. Exclamation mark, both those words capitalized. I have officially resigned from AEW and will fulfill and have will have fulfilled all obligations by the end of 2023. Thank you, everyone, from the front office to the production truck to some of the hardest working talent in this sport. Most importantly, thank you to those who booed, cheered, and took part in this season of my life. Now, uh, just real quickly, I did do a lot of asking around about this last night. I like QT's work. I think some of the stuff he's done down in Mexico is great. Is that kind of classic heel reaction, in my opinion. Uh, but what Q I wanted to know what QT meant by the company moving in a different direction, which is something I've heard a lot of rumblings about in the last month or two about the direction of the company. What I was told is from people around QT is that he was talking more about the product becoming more like New Japan Pro Wrestling, more wrestling centered, which is a little bit different than kind of the, the grander goal that I think the company had in a lot of the people's minds there. Uh, he wants to wrestle. Uh, I asked around about uh, him possibly going to the Performance Center to coach. Obviously, he's very good friends with Cody Rhodes. He, he runs the Nightmare Factory with Cody. I was told that, again, Q wants to wrestle. If he goes to WWE, they'll probably not let him coach and wrestle, which is not what he wants. He wants to wrestle. So if he could go there and wrestle, great. He's got a school that he can run that's great, and he can also coach there. But that's where his coaching priorities are is there. Everything else is, from what I've gleaned, just wrestling to him. Now, I did talk to some people at, around in and around WWE who were skeptical that WWE would hire QT just to wrestle. First of all, they're, they're really focused on bringing in young talent, which is no knock on Q. It's just not the demo at the moment, necessarily. Um, and as far as like even a backstage role, it was also pointed out to me that there's a lot of people already 
that have backstage roles. They have a pretty flush roster on screen and backstage right now. So not really sure what that lane looks like for QT. As much questions as there's been about it. Obviously, Cody has some sway. But I do know that he's on very good terms with AAA and, and elsewhere. So that's my, you know, 411 on QT. What are your thoughts on what's going on here? So anyone who's ever listened to me on Russell Roast knows my undying love for QT Marshall. Slightly ironically, uh, as a character for years, he baffled me. But I've really grown to respect QT Marshall. If you've seen his documentary that they yes. made about him at The Wrestler, it was really well done. He, is an, he was an essential part of AEW and a guy that I'm really surprised to see gone. He was yeah. a utility player in the way that Vince had Pat. He had Bruce. You had guys that you could just trust to do whatever it is you needed done. Formatting a TV show is not easy. Doing it 700 or something times, that's a Herculean effort. Trying to help manage that talent roster, which is a huge roster. Helping to do training, being an on-screen character. He is a guy that you really want to keep around as a Swiss Army Knife player. So for him to say, look, my time is done – This, to me, speaks volumes about what's going on in AEW right now, whether that is moving directions or just the climate of what's going on backstage. If it were me, I see value in signing QT for NXT, have him be a player coach. He's one of those guys that you can absolutely use on camera at the Performance Center and have him work with young talent in the back. I know he has the Nightmare Factory in Atlanta that that he's partnered with Cody. I get that he wants to wrestle. I love that he wants to wrestle, and this is still his passion and still thinks he can go ahead and do it. But I think eventually the path to some sort of a, a coach or trainer is is invaluable for him in, in the long run. Well, I, I, I'm with you. I think, and look, again, like I said at the top of this section, I think QT does good work right now. He works a style that I like which is uh, not killing yourself, but at the same time getting tons of heat or lots of cheers if that's what you're choosing to do. But he can cognitively work his style in a way where he can kind of dictate that a lot of the times. I just saw him here in AAW about a month ago. Uh, I cannot stress enough how loud the room was with booze for him, how he just articulated that space. He was very, very good in that space. I could see him in NXT. I also see the value in WWE doing stuff with Cody. Like, it's no secret that they're, like, best friends and run this school together. And, you know, these kinds of auxiliary players that you can bring in to build tension or to sow, you know, uh, concern, things like that. I I could see Q working in some capacity with Cody in a meaningful way. I I, I think you see him weighing down Cody and being almost his Ralphus in some eyes. I don't think it helps. I was going to say more like an Arn Anderson, but you're like, no, dude, what are you talking about? You No, no, this this doesn't doesn't help Cody. I don't think Cody needs a a, a second person there. I think QT, if TNA were to pick him up, I think TNA would do wonders with him. They could absolutely use his expertise in the ring, working with young talent. It, It takes a lot. I think it's tough for some guys to accept that there are certain roles that may be slightly better for them than others. I think QT is a great heel in in certain environments and certain situations, but he's a good heel having people around him who are younger and can go do the in-ring work while he does a lot of the mic work. I, I also I also thought TNA would probably be a good fit for Q. I think that they would like him. I think they'd let him do what he wants to do, and I think that they would like – that kind of 
tacit connection to Cody, right? Like Cody and QT still have a school together. So there's still kind of this like swing there and TNA impact, whatever you want to call them. They love people like that. They love anybody that they can, you know, kind of use to kind of glom onto other people around them. You know, so my, my last thought when I saw this is the other shoe to drop will be Dustin. Cody's gone. QT's gone. How much longer is is Dustin Rhodes going to be there? Because you got to know he's got a, a home waiting for him in some capacity in WWE. At the very least, he's not in the hall. Yeah. Um, well, here let's uh, let's dive into some questions here at the end. There were a couple stories we didn't get to today. Like I said, Billy uh, CW. I know that we had some MJ, MJF stuff we wanted to get into. We'll talk about that all tomorrow or by the end of the week at the very least. Um, but let's get into some questions here. Coach, Coach Keith Morrison uh, says, "I can't thank you guys enough." For the great conversation about Punk, quick question. Is it too early to talk about the direction the WWE has for Randy Orton? I don't think it's too early. What do you think about what they're doing with Randy since he came back? Look, he laid out. He called his shot. He said, I'm going after Bloodline. I remember what they did to me. It's it's tough because you can't really show the video because you don't want to show Riddle. Right. But you can tell the story. And I think Orton getting to work with Solo, Orton getting to work with Jimmy, Orton going after Roman – that's a fun path for him for the next little while. It's why I think putting him on SmackDown that could use another main event name can't hurt. Well, then he kind of feels like a, a Royal Rumble favorite then, right? Because we're not close to a draft. So if you were going to try to find a way to e- easily swing him over to SmackDown to feud with Roman, it would be a Rumble win, wouldn't it? Or he's the guy who faces uh, Roman at the Rumble. Well, and wait, and Randy is Randy tied with John Cena for most titles of all time with Flair? Do they all no, have 16? He's, so they pointed it out yesterday. He's at 14 with Hunter. Cena's okay. at 15. Oh, man. You know, like with Rick with AEW now, there's a lot of buzz I've heard about people saying, how quickly are they going to try to brush that tie, that rain oh, away? Give Miz, give Miz 17 titles. <laughs> I, you hey, gave him look. the figure four, give him the 17 titles. Miz breaking Miz will break Jericho's reign of icy titles. I'm convinced of that, but I could see Randy. Look, one, two, he's tied, and then third. He said he's got ten more years. That's when he flashed everybody at the top of the entrance ramp. He did the ten thing. So, dude, maybe he's, he's the, gonna he's gonna get his mileage out of that bus. Um, Ken Hanley, question for Nick: The roster at WWE is crazy stacked at the moment. Do you think the Rumble is going to have less surprises debuts given the sheer size? of contracted talent at the moment. Well, I don't know why this question was just for me. I think Robert can answer that as well. Um, it's really whatever Hunter wants by the time the show comes around. If he wants to showcase a lot of the young talent, new talent, he's going to do that. If he wants to bring in a lot of surprises, he gets a lot of surprises available. I think he'll go that route. What, how do you feel about it? We got our big surprise. We got punk. Yeah, punk, punk. We got back. punk. Here's the deal. We got punk. We got Kyrie returning. There's not a lot of names out there that you could drop into this, and it's really going to be big outside of maybe Sasha. But I don't know. I don't think that there's a ton of value in a Rumble surprise right now. There are guys that we haven't seen on TV for a little while that are on the roster that could be fun. There's guys in NXT that could get a chance to be called up. If you're constantly fixated and focused on a Royal Rumble surprise, I don't see it unless it's gold dust. Goldust no. was always their go-to surprise rumble guy. Let's let's let him get one last uh, rumble in there. That could be kind of fun. All right, last question comes from Joseph Wade Walters. Have you guys ever wanted to fart on your own faces? Um, I haven't ever had the urge to do that. Robert? I. 
it's weird. Vince is the only person who asked me that question before. That was during the job interview. Huh. Uh, no. Um, Tell no, me, Robert. I haven't. Robert, you want to you want to fart on your own face, Robert? Can I fart God. on your face? God damn, pal. Um, no, I, I love that this is the sophistication of the audience we get sometimes. You get some really nice, nuanced questions, and then you get this one right here to end it, to really make us swell with pride. Thank you so much, Nick, for, for picking that. Out of the hundreds of questions we have sitting here, that's the one that you went with. Um, well done. Hard-hitting journalism here. All right, everybody. If you want to support me, houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. Go over there. Already had two exclusives this morning. We broke the – we did an exclusive about QT, and we did the one, of course, about Punk not doing a victory lap uh, there at the end of the show. So go check all that out and more. We'll have more news on the site here very shortly. If you like this show, um, you can watch us here on whatever platform you're watching us right now and check us out in podcast form. If you can't catch us live in video form for whatever reason, rumor and innuendo – over on your favorite podcast platform. Nice reviews, comments, always appreciated. We'll start picking some reviews, some nice reviews out of the, the Apple podcast page here pretty soon. Read them on the air. Maybe do some giveaways, things like that. So, so get involved, guys. Now's the time. Now's the time. Robert, anything Good you want to say? Action. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, I have another podcast on the ad-free shows network called Wrestle Roasts. Uh, otherwise, thank you guys so much for the support for yesterday. It was so overwhelming. It was so incredible to see just the, the outpouring of comments, the support, the numbers across the board. We're super happy to be able to do this every day uh, for rumor and innuendo. Nick, want me to take it away? Do it, my friend. On behalf of the esteemed journalist Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.